0: into your life from this. Now, without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined by Natasha Margaritas. She's an expert interviewer, small business advocate, innovator, speaker, video creator, wonder woman of brand content creation, and a LinkedIn practitioner. In this podcast, we talk about the work that Natasha does, happiness, mindset, and much more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode.
1: And Natasha thank you for coming on the podcast really appreciate it.
2: No worries Adam thank you for having me it's a pleasure to join you and get into a um, meeting meaty, meaningful conversation.
1: Yeah no no you're very welcome I'm, I'm happy to have you on. The um, a few minutes ago was we talking about like um, you know what like the work that you do and how important it is to kind of like you know share your story and how some people kind of like, you like said, sort of kind of uh, sitting on gold almost, you know, but just need to get out there.
2: Yeah. So I guess it goes back to my own story for me personally, where I was once this person who really never thought much of my own story and mm. its value or whether or not it had any impact on anyone else. And uh, it starts off with, you know, we go through challenges in life. And for me personally, watching my dad not have the support around him when he was trying to run a business. Uh, When I was a really young child, um, my brother and I watched my dad really suffer through trying to run a business and not having the support or the, um, you know, mentorship or community around him. And so uh, that really drives me to wake up every morning because my dad ended up actually uh, dying of um, depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, and he was a doctor trying to run a hospital for a business. So uh, for me, why I wake up every single day is to really give people who feel isolated, uh, uh, you know whether you're an entrepreneur or no matter where you are in life. Um, my heart is primarily for entrepreneurs, but You know, no matter where you are in life, if you're feeling isolated, I want to help uh, those people really find hope and resilience. Uh, Because when we come together as a community and we unite, we can really make a life-changing difference in the world. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me personally, that's why I wake up every day. Um, And not many people know that I actually work full-time as well. And uh, I run operations for this beautiful community of small business owners. Um, within the bank that I work with and uh, we have we have all these online experiences bringing people together it's all about bringing people together giving them a sense of hope giving them a sense of you know we've got each other's back and we can you know we can be resilient in the face uh, of these unprecedented times that we're in right now things like that and um, and then there's of course what I do um, you know outside of that which is that I help people recognize and embrace the value in their stories because it's literally a gold mine that they're sitting on. And I happen to literally just stumble upon it myself purely because I decided to uh, embrace what I've been through in life, understand how far I've come. It's almost like it started when I wanted to have a sense of appreciation and gratitude for the lessons I've learned in life. And when I did that, I mapped out my entire story and I was like, wow, look at this, this is insane. Look at what I've been through. Um, And that's when I realized, you know what, I'm gonna start sharing bite-sized pieces of this story, my story. When I started doing that, I launched a show, I started interviewing founders and suddenly that came alive and people
1: resonated. Mm. So, yeah. Gosh quite an amazing journey that and i think like um what you mentioned you know with your dad i mean that that's something that's you know quite a significant event and i think it mm. must you know kind of like i said make you think about things because like you said your dad you know was running this business second doing this business and um you know didn't really have much you know support and um yeah you know, you know set up, setting up a business can be quite stressful. Um, you know, I suppose, and, like, people, you know, have their own outlet, don't they? And I think, like, if you get into drinking and things like that, it's quite yeah. a big down the spiral. And I mean,
2: yeah.
1: it's, uh, yeah, it's a big thing. And I think, like you said, helping people and, you know, letting them have a space to, you know, share their story and to support, to support them in that as well. Because I think people, if they're starting a business, they want that initial support in what they're doing, especially if someone's going to share their story as well. I think it's really nice that you, that you do that. You kind of like want to have a positive impact.
2: Yes, because we don't realize just how powerful community can be for people. Simply Mm. knowing that you are part of something much bigger than yourself. Simply knowing that there are people around you who are doing it just as tough as you are, and that you're not alone in some of the challenges you're facing, that there are people out there who can relate deeply with the the pain and the victories, you know, Mm. that you're going through Mm. and you're experiencing. So... That in itself is a key part of my why, my purpose, driving community around people. And no matter what I do, and I'm in, in the very early stages of helping uh, founders and entrepreneurs and business owners really you know, navigate their brand narrative um, with, a, with a roadmap map or through their story, right? So I'm very, very early stages of of doing that. And I humbly say that because the road ahead is long, it's exciting, uh, and I want to take my time with it. And the only reason I'm able to do that is because I've got a community of people around me who are, you know, empowering me to, and helping me learn that Rome really wasn't built in a day and I don't have to. Fall a prey to the pressures of this world. That you know, if I don't do it now, I'll never make it. And um, you know, there's so many different things that we face, right? Depending on our background and our life experiences, so many different mindsets that we have to overcome. Uh, so many different new mindsets we have to, you know, adapt to. Mm. And um, the only way you can actually do that is actually if, if you put yourself. In a trusted environment, a safe, supportive environment of people who are like-minded and who are doing the journey with you.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think that's like, you know, really important, you know, like Mm. being supported in what you're doing and the people you surround yourself with, you know, like even online, you know, as well as in person, you know, the the connections you have and being supported in what you, you do, it's like you know, kind of that driving force that kind of, like, helps you to, you know, do what you're doing. Yeah. And like you said, you have to kind of, like, you know, switch up, change, you know, your mindset. And I think, like, society, like you said, can, you know, and people's expectations and, like you said, uh, you know, depending on upbringing and what we've taken from, you know, like, life growing up, because like you said, people think they need to have it all, all done straight away. Um,
2: exactly.
1: To, you know, to figure out what the you want to is do. is so much
2: more important than perfection. And sometimes mm. we strive so hard to get things to a perfect place. And that's what, that's what makes us weary and tired and exhausted and we lose Sense of why we started this thing in the first place, whereas you know, done is better than perfect, and that's I mean, that's the that's that's a growth mindset that I'm slowly starting to adapt more and more of, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lifelong journey of adapting to it because you never stop learning, right? And mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: you know, so for me personally, I think the more entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneur entrepreneurs no matter what stage of entrepreneurship you're at, Mm. having a mindset where this is not supposed to be perfect right from the get-go.
1: Yeah.
2: Let me just get momentum so I can celebrate the small wins along the way. And that's the beauty of a story as well. I mean, think about it. When you watch a movie, you're, you're not, you know, watching five minutes of a movie and then it's done. You're watching this hour and a half uh, where, a, where a central character or a protagonist and uh, all these other supporting characters are going down a journey where they're going through some really good times and some really not so great times. And you're experiencing oxytocin and cortisol in your brain. You know, endorphins are going off. Um, And why because it's a journey and you're doing the journey with them uh, and all of a sudden you want them to get to that place where they're going to eventually come out of it okay Mm. that's the beauty of a story is that you don't have it all perfect in the beginning or the middle maybe somewhat towards the end (laughs) and yeah yeah, it's about really understanding you know adapting the, the element of a story to the fact that you can implement it into your own life Mm. and the decisions we make and that every step we take forward is a step in the right direction towards, you know, developing that story and that journey. Um, Whether it's for your brand, for your business, for your personal life, whatever it is, it's
1: adaptable. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think like you said, all those kind of stages you know almost like building blocks and they're all like you know part of the journey and, you know part of the process isn't it um yeah i think some sometimes people can get so i mean i've been guilty of it um fixated on the end goal mm. you know just looking at we you know where is you want to go and it's like you know there, there is that journey there is that process involved as well
2: Oh, that just reminded me, reminded me of this time when I was trying to run a public speaking coaching business mm. back in, I think, early 2018. And oh, goodness, it, I just had memories flashing back of working nonstop for a whole week on, on this big idea that I had of running a workshop, marketing it on LinkedIn. And this is when I first started on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. So I remember like killing myself and probably driving everyone around me absolutely mad <laughs> because I wanted to make sure this event had every single thing, you know, a normal workshop would, an ideal workshop would have. Like from the food and drink to the the perfect design on all the worksheets that I would print out, to the PowerPoint that I would use, to, you know, what, what suites are going to be on the table to this and that. Oh my God. It, you know, you can just imagine that when you're trying to pull off your first or second workshop, you want to keep it as simple, as straightforward, as valuable as possible.
0: Mm. And that's
2: what I've learned the hard way because when you're when you're so close to the problem, like I was back then, I was trying to solve this public speaking problem, but I focused so little on the public speaking you know and mm. so much on the fluff around yeah. the yeah. workshop that I kind of lost track of why I was doing this in the first place
1: mm. yeah
2: and so if I can share anything from my own learning experience is that focus on what's important and the rest is literally a bonus. Mm. The rest, if it falls into place, it falls into place. But for, uh, you know, but focusing on everything else and making sure everything else is perfect. Um, it's like you can't see the forest from the trees, you know. Sometimes, and we, yeah. we've got to get our heads out of it and really get to get a bird's eye view of what's happening.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, and I think, like you said, when he was doing that public speaking course, and he was, you know, he was wanting to get it perfect. Yeah. And he was wanting, you know, like to, to get it right, get it perfect. And I think, like sometimes. I, you know, I, I'm quite perfectionist. I mean, I, I've worked in restaurants and things like that. And there is a kind of light level of perfection in that trade. You kind of, you know, have to, everything has to be good, you know, for the customer, things like that. So mm-hmm. it kind of gets wired into like, you know, your 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 thinking and your wiring. And uh, so like, I've kind of had to work on that as well, you know, like just to relax a bit and things aren't always going to be perfect. Um, but I think like with that, mm-hmm. We kind of think about other people's expectations and what they're thinking. So, like, you're probably wanting to get it right because you want it to look good to other people and all the rest of it. And, like you said, you kind of can can lose track with, like, you know, the main reasons to probably why you're doing it because you're so focused on making it look nice for the other people to think a certain way about it. Um, And I think sometimes people can overthink things, people can overcomplicate things. And um, I've, I've had the conversation with people. Who are wanting to start podcasts. And yep. they're saying, you know, I need to get this equipment. I need this equipment. I need this. I need that. And I'm like, you don't actually need all of that stuff, you know, straight away. Um, yep. You know, so.
2: You start with the basics.
1: Yeah. It's. The bare
2: bones basics.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it's like you could have all this good, expensive equipment. And the content you put out might not be very good but yet yeah you know i mean you can have a basic microphone or like you know a phone and a device like me and just put out whatever you think really you know and, and then when you reach a stage then you can get the equipment you know it's so everyone's different but it's very interesting what you know from what you said
2: yeah i i completely agree with you on that when i started my live show on linkedin It literally didn't have all the finesse that uh, I wanted it to have, you know, paying for a paid subscription to a third party platform and Mm. where you can get all the fancy bells and whistles, you know, with this banner and color schemes and branding and all that stuff, right? In the beginning, I just said, you know what, let's just get it out there and see what people think. Yeah. Let's see what kind of feedback I get from the first few. May not even get m- many views. Let me just get it out there. Let's have one or two guests on and see how we go. And that's literally how it started. And it mm. started to explode because I took it one step at a time. And thankfully, uh, I had my husband who told me, you are not buying fancy equipment until you've, you've given it a go without, without anything, uh, any of the bells and whistles. So sometimes we just need an accountability buddy to just, you know, let us know uh, how how it is, you know, someone who's going to call it like it is and Mm. isn't going to just paint a pretty picture and just pat you on the back and say, oh, well done, go go ahead, runaway horse. Because that's what we end up becoming. We just have this fancy idea and we go like, yeah, I'm going to be a runaway horse with this thing, you know, runaway train, whatever the expression is. Mm. And uh, we all of a sudden it's out of control. We bought like all this stuff from eBay, and yeah. we're like, "Crap! I haven't even focused on the content. I haven't yeah. been getting many good guests on my podcast or something lately. You know, whatever the issues mm. might be, mm. and so on and so forth. So yeah, quality first when we're starting out is so
1: important. Yeah, no, that mm. that's that's definitely isn't it. That's I think that, that's something I've learned, you know, through podcasting, you know, um, a great deal, you know, I learned a great deal. And I think like, I've just kept it very kind of simple, you know, um, and just mm-hmm. experimented and yeah, just kind of like look to what other people are doing as well and kind of gauging it and you have to kind of be yourself, don't you? You have to try, you know, you have to be yourself, um, you can kind of take ideas and, you know, do your own thing with it. But I think that's the thing, you know, people have to be themselves. You know, there's, there's already, um, you know, Joe Rogan is already, you know, Carrie Vaynerchuk there's already, um, Tony Robbins, isn't there? So, I mean, it's like you doing your own kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And from, from, uh, your podcast journey, Mm, I'm curious, yeah. actually, Adam, to know more about some of those learnings that you got from the experience, uh, which I, I feel like that I can draw a lot of parallel to my own live show yeah. experience.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I I always like to hit the ground running. I always like to be confident in what I'm doing. And I've realized, you know, with podcasting, you you can't rush it you mm. it takes time it's a process you know you're you're going to get a lot of rejections you know when you ask people to be on it um you know con- consistency as well you know being consistent with something because um, I think in the past you know I would do something and, and then I'd come back to it like you know a bit a while later Whereas, you know, it kind of made me learn, you know, that it's a process, it takes time, you have to put time into it, you have to enjoy it, um, and patience really, um, and, and, you know, getting, getting comfortable with being, you know, vulnerable or uncomfortable by, you know, kind of going in, you know into the unknown, reaching out to people, um, because a, you know, a lot of the things that I faced was, you know, I'd worry about what people think and things like that. So it kind of faced all of those things.
2: Interesting you say that. Yeah, we all go through that uh, journey of wondering what other people are going to think. And it's a choice we have to make. Mm. Are we trying to please everybody? Because you can't please everybody. You really mm. can't. And I know this is a confronting and very challenging topic for most people to face. I had to go through that myself when I started my show, when I was a television presenter back 10 years ago, uh, when I started becoming more of a public speaking sort of um, event engagement sort of uh, field. Mm. Emceeing events, facilitating discussions, uh, currently in my in my day position, I am facilitating live discussions all the time, mm. and sometimes you can either get stuck in the what will people think, or yeah. you can walk in your level of authenticity. You can walk in uh, that area of growth that you are going to grow more and more authentic. Mm. Um, and people will start to appreciate you for who you are, maybe not ev- Not everyone's going to appreciate you for who you are. Mm. And the challenge that we face today in the social digital age that we're in, w- you know, the challenge is that, do we have to get everyone to like us? That's the challenge. We don't, That the answer is we can't. Um, get everyone to like us for, for who we are. But otherwise, you know, Google would own the entire market share. You know, Facebook would own the entire market share. We, and I know these are giants and I'm just saying out loud that uh, they, they do own quite a significant, um, you know, segment of the mm-hmm. market. But the truth is that there's a segment for everyone. There's a market for everyone. There's enough, you know, piece of the pie Everyone, Uh, and the trouble is that sometimes we get so caught up in why someone doesn't like you or didn't respond to your text, or maybe the way you said something uh, when you reached out to someone for a podcast or when you reached out to uh, have someone as a guest on your show, whatever. Um, Mm. You know, you, you sometimes I'm okay with being uncomfortable, I'm okay. Uh, with uh, not pleasing, not being able to please everyone. Mm. That's the challenge, uh, whether, you know, all of us are uh, going to be able to make that choice and move on, move forward. Mm. It's onwards and upwards after that. For me, it's a challenge even now, I'll be honest with you, uh, when, when I feel like, you know, uh, I have a relationship with someone that I've been slowly building over time. And then all of a sudden the relationship kind of fizzles out and you're like, what happened there? I have no mm. idea what happened there. And you kind of think about it for a couple of days and then you got to just move on though because if you spend too much on something like that and question yourself and second guess yourself and wonder and ponder and you're just wasting time on things that don't really matter in the end because we've got to move forward and keep Mm. chasing after the impact we want to have on the world.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think like you said, it's that time and energy, isn't it, that You know, your time and energy, you can't really get back. Well, I mean, energy does come back. You know, what you give out, you get back. But, you know, like that time and energy you focus on, you know, that thinking, you know, what if or why, it just kind of like spirals, doesn't it? And it's it's kind of like catching yourself and realizing, no, you know, that there are better things, you know, telling yourself, you know, there are better things to come and just kind of like um, having that kind of chat with yourself, isn't it?
2: Yeah,
1: but like, with, sorry. Oh no, you go. But with the like TV presenting, so that was. Mm. So who's that? Who's that uh for? Like, what channel was that? Was that like a kind of big channel?
2: So I used so this. This is a story in itself. Uh, when I was nineteen or twenty years old, I really can't remember. I got this opportunity uh, when my mom slapped a newspaper in front of me and I literally had no job at the time. I was looking for a job and uh, she slapped the newspaper on the dining table in front of me and she was like, look at this, There's a job ad for this uh, television channel that is the biggest national channel in India. And it's an English channel, it's right up your alley. Um, the interesting thing is that I, well, some context, Adam, is that I grew up in India. Hmm. And uh, I grew up there for, the, for 22 years of my life. Cannot speak any other language except English. And so it's a, yeah. as you can imagine, I was a little bit of a misfit um, yeah. in that environment. And I, I, while my mum my and the rest of my family can kind of speak different languages here and there, you know, they can, they've kind of grown up in that environment where they've been able mm. to learn that. Whereas for me, because we come from more of a British sort of um, background, mm. I'm half French-Bernese and all of that stuff, right? So, big names oh, wow. in my background. So, English is the only language that I've ever grown up speaking with my family. So, mm. anyway. So, um, when that opportunity came up with the newspaper, I was like, oh, God, do I have to do this? Jeez, I don't even know. It was, it was a production assistant role. And I was like, am I really going to get this role? I don't know. Well, mm. let's give it a go. Yeah. And... Um, so ended up applying, you know, kind of like the donkey was being kicked by, you know, by, by my mom, <laughs> and ended, ended up applying for this role. And uh, I got the job and in, in about six months of uh, being production assistant, which by the way, in television terms is pretty much you know, the, the rat running around. And when, when I got the job, I imagined myself taking carrying tea to my producer or something every day. That I thought that was pretty much going mm-hmm. to be the, the, the sum of my work, but obviously I learned a lot in that six months. And it just so happened that my boss who was the producer presenter who I was assisting, right. Mm-hmm. She c- was quitting and moving on. And all of a sudden they were like, oh my goodness, we can't find anyone suitable to fill her position. They tried interviewing different people and trying to get others from within the organization and, and uh, our external candidates as well, but nothing fit. All of a sudden they turned to me. They were like, hmm, how about you? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. Uh, and I was not interested in being in front of the camera. I'll be honest with you. Mm. Uh, anyway, so my first, I remember my first training with um, this producer was training me up to, before she left and uh, handing over to me, right? And I remember I did a hundred takes for my first, my first piece to camera for the show that I was taking over. A hundred, just for one oh. piece, one piece to camera. So in, in television terms, one piece of camera is just one take for one, one section of the entire show. So, Cheers. yeah, I was pretty bad.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's taken years of working at my communication skills, my confidence, my ability to go for gold in areas that are completely out of my comfort zone. Mm.
1: Mm. No, that's amazing. how like you know, what an amazing experience though as well. I mean it's like it's quite rare nowadays, just thinking back to what you said with the newspaper, but like, you know, there are I mean there are I think there are still jobs in newspapers, but like now it's you know, like you, you think of that now, like, oh yeah, you know, I went for a job in a newspaper. Um, no I mean that's true. But, um yeah, it's mostly like people don't probably don't even look at newspapers for jobs anymore. But um but like yeah, but I mean, I bet you you learned so much you know in that role, and I suppose like that's I think like some of those roles people might avoid or not think very much of because you know like you said it's like at the bottom and you you have to kind of start from the bottom, but like you through that position you, you I bet you see you saw like everything that was going on around you. you like in those roles where you know you're the person who's doing everything running around you're seeing how everything works in some sense mm. um, and you kind of you're, you know yeah. you're, in the thick, you're in the thick of it all um, it's a bit like a kitchen porter position in a, in a, in a kitchen you're, you're at the bottom because you know you're doing the dishes and everything but you see how the front of the house works you see how you know you kind of see the whole spectrum of it all uh, and I bet like mm. I kind of work to your advantage because you could, you know you, you kind of knew how it all ran, but like you said, when you was thrown into that position of, you know, being like a, a host, I mean, it must've been like pretty like, overwhelming. Like you said, it took a hundred takes.
2: Very, very overwhelming. And if it wasn't for my mentor and the person I was taking over from, you know, if they, if they didn't really see the potential in me, and if they didn't want to invest the time to mentor and build me up to take over, I probably would have given up. So you know, because mm. um, you need you need to know that you have potential. And sometimes, when it's such a mammoth task, like going from production assistant to producer presenter, it's not an easy task. But for some reason. We, my contribution as a production assistant, it, it, it probably was some of the conversations I was having with um, my boss at the time, you know, maybe some of the contributing ideas I shared in those first six months, clearly gave her an indication that um, I was capable. Mm. And so the lesson that if you if you really ask me, while yes, I did have a kind of different lens being someone who was just run of the mill, um, you know, just, just at the bottom. Mm. That was that. That's definitely um, a positive. But at the same mm. time, it's for me when I look back, it's this, it, it's how seriously I took my production assistant role. No matter how you know how much my position was literally scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the uh, rest of the organization. I took it really seriously. I was really dedicated. I gave it my all. I contributed where I could. I shared my thoughts, my ideas, no matter how much they would be rubbish and thrown in the bin. Mm. And I think that's what paid off. I believe that's what paid off in the end, where they tried turning every rock. They couldn't find anything under it. And they were like, okay, Natasha. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's check her out.
1: Yeah, no, that's I awesome. I, mm. Yeah, no, I I think like you said, it's important, isn't it, to believe in yourself and see that it is possible when even when those around you might not believe that. Do you know what I mean that it's yeah, going work out Yeah, that's
2: true. That's true, because in the beginning, they had no clue that I was capable. It, it, when you believe in yourself and you give to what you have on your plate, uh, when you give 100%, when you are faithful, the word is faithful. I was faithful, faithful to the position. I was a good steward of the little that I had in my plate. And when you are a good steward of what you've got in front of you, it multiplies i think so many so many of us focus on getting more 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 that we lose sight on taking what we do have and in, and investing it somewhere so that it can multiply you know like if you have a bag of gold you don't just bury it in the ground hope that you know no one steals it you actually go and invest it somewhere you make sure that it has roi you, you know you 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 make good use of, of what you've got. And it's the same in life, in business, at work. If we're so focused on getting that next promotion or getting that next client and we forget about what we've got right in front of us and lose track of multiplying what we have right in front of us, then you know, we're kind of losing sight on the plot.
1: yeah no I, I completely agree like I think like people can be so focused on you know the next thing the next promotion yeah the next job the next car the next the next phone um, yeah. it's on so it's on so it's on so many levels and I think you know, to some extent we are kind of guilty of it like you know like it's you know we like to have the, the latest thing um, we like to tell mm. people you know this is what we have. And I think it's just like you said that that balance and just being aware of that, and it's like almost like a hamster wheel, isn't it? If you're if you're thinking that way, it's almost like you're you're not fully satisfied. You you know you 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 lack that kind of presence, and it's you know I think a way of um, helping with that is like you know having a probably a gratitude list, you know, and just being thankful for what you do have because I mean I, I think you know there are people out there who are a lot less fortunate and some of the things that I have you know they, they would value probably 10 times over what I do you know so it's it's that perspective isn't it and being aware
2: it is about perspective yes I completely agree with you with on that Adam I think a gratitude list is a wonderful way to account for what we do have
0: Mm. and
2: and brings our focus back on what we do have rather than what we don't have. Mm. Kind of like going back to, you know, what our parents and grandparents and great grandparents have said uh, to us, count your blessings. And uh, I know uh, that's probably a bit of a cliche, but really when you think about it, Do we really count our blessings, like what, we, what we're blessed with in life uh, enough? Um, you may not have the biggest house, and the biggest car, or you may not even have a car, but what do you have? Mm. Surely you have something you can, you can be grateful for. Surely, you know, and that's the challenge for us as well when we're going through life. About, and that's, that's it kind of comes back to the appreciation for sto- your story. Mm-hmm. What do you have in your story that carries value for other people? You know, what can you turn your story in? My mind is all about turning what I do have into something gold. <laughs> and, it, and that's exactly what I did with my story. And that's, that's kind of what led to the LinkedIn Live show where I was interviewing all these uh, founders and uncovering their story live on the show. And they came back to me saying, oh, my gosh, you bring out the best in us. Um, well, actually, it was always there. I just took the time to b- bring bring it out and bring it to light because we've all got something amazing in you know? us. You know, it's really about taking the time to to think about what we do have and making the most out of it.
1: Yeah, no, that's completely, yeah, isn't it? And I think like sometimes people can experience things or have you know their story. And almost I think like when it's our own, when it's our own stuff, we don't always we kind of probably take it for granted until like we mention mentioned it to somebody. Cause I think it's like, you need know, people see from a different perspective, um, you know, but once you, like I said, these people share their story and then it resonates with somebody and has a positive impact mm. on them all you know, inspires them to do something that's kind of like you know where, where the magic is as well isn't it and then that that story almost you know is like you know it's valuable valuable content and I think you like I said it needs to be shared it needs to be uh yeah distributed because um it's almost like selfish by not sharing that story if that makes sense isn't it in some aspect.
2: yeah I agree I agree. And um, look, it's not as easy easier said than done. I, I also empathize because I've been there where, you know, you're not really comfortable sharing certain parts of your life. And a lot of people also feel that storytelling is about getting hyper emotional <laughs> and yeah. sharing your deep, deepest, darkest secrets and uncovering, you know, like all of it and, you know, your heart and your soul and, sharing it with the world actually no it's it's about the simple things what do you value and how did you how did you learn to value those things what mm. what memory does it take it back uh, does it does it take you back to mm. what life lesson did you learn from that memory and that's what i love helping entrepreneurs do is mapping your story and being able to answer those questions and simple and then you strategically start to share only those anecdotes and those memories um, in little bite-sized pieces, whether you're standing on a stage, whether you're on a podcast, whether you are creating content for LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you're doing, uh, it's adaptable to every platform. It's, it's, it's really about, you know, a self-discovery journey, you know, that really helps you navigate this roadmap um, in the right way. So that way you have a conviction about where you come from and where you are going in the future.
1: Mm, Yeah. No, that's that's Mm. definitely it. That's definitely it. And um, I think, you know, a lot of people can benefit from, you know, listening to other people's stories and kind of, you know, thinking about their own life and where they're at and their journey. And that might, you know, enable people to share their stories, you know, through listening to other people's
2: um Absolutely.
1: Ha- so when you when you uh interview these people like do you do it like you do it online and then you kind of upload it and things like that
2: oh um well there's a couple of ways that people engage me one is you know the self-discovery process of mapping your story like mm. we literally go down memory lane and It's a very simple chronological process where we just uh, take people uh, down that journey and then understand those life lessons, those those, uh, values and the words of encouragement we can share over others from our Mm -hmm. story. So once we understand that, um, we now have this roadmap. And we're able to specifically select those that tie back into our business and that Mm -hmm. carry meaning for our business. So because when it carries meaning for your business, it's bound to benefit someone out there uh, when they hear it. So that's when people can choose to be interviewed by me uh, in order to flesh that story out um, based on the roadmap we've created we then put it on video through an interview process, or they can choose to try it out on their own as well. That's perfectly fine. Uh, if they want, if they had the roadmap and they were, they were happy to just try it out on camera, or they want maybe, maybe they just write it. Maybe they don't want to go on camera. Uh, they want to take that roadmap and go like, you know what, I want to turn it into written content, uh, or they want to be speakers. Um, and and this story roadmap or this, uh, this um, uh, narrative roadmap helps them really understand the big picture of of their story.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. No. I. I. I think. I think it's really good. Well, I think it's really amazing what you're doing. And I think it's you know it's enabling people to, you know, like I said, share their experience, share their story. And I think like that's kind of key in business as well. Because I've gone onto like people's websites and um, it shows you like their backstory you know, where they were and how they got to where they are now. And mm. it, like it, it paints a picture and you get the picture and it's, I think people are more willing to do business with someone if they see what they, you know, the things they've been through, what they've done, the achievements um, and where they are, you know, while they're doing what they're doing rather than just sometimes going on a website and, and seeing what they're doing. You know, like it's, I agree. Do, do, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's that kind of trust yeah. as well. People can kind of see what person's about. Yeah.
2: They, they get to like, know and trust you before you've he- you've even said boo to them. Mm. Um, you know, you're taking them on a journey before you reach out to them on a direct message or before you speak to them over the phone or whatever, because, or they might pick up the phone and call you if you've got a website and they may not even look too much at the website because they already know who you are. Hmm. And that's a powerful thing. That's, that's the beauty of the content marketing age we're in as well. It's, and there are myriad, a myriad different ways of approaching content marketing. This is a unique one for those that um, really want to utilize the gold mine of their own story that they're sitting on uh, mm. to, to build, build their brand. You know, the, a, a brand that is purpose-driven and, you know, with, with a specific goal, with a specific kind of impact that you want to have on mm-hmm. your audience your network and your customers
1: so yeah yeah no i completely agree and i think it's, it's like one of the things that i look for when i you know connect with people on linkedin like i i, I might get a connection request and and it'll be like you know xyz and i look in the description they might be blank and i'm like well yeah. or this person's you know asking for something or or requesting something and I'm like well I need to know what that person is about because that could be anybody you know because um, you have to just be careful I think when you're online especially like you know people you know might be after your money you know or things like that so I think yeah if you, you know it kind of your profile and who you are it's, it, it stands out um, whether you're you know you're sharing who you are and what you've done or if you're not it kind of it can go one way or another But I think, like, people, you know, need to kind of share their story because you just don't know what positive impact that's going to have. Because it's like, if you share that story, it might inspire someone to do something. Um, Whereas if you don't share that story, you're not going to be...
2: In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, when I first started back in 2018, it was literally with... Uh, the intention to empower one life with my story mm. my real raw experiences have to you know be able to it has to be able to impact someone surely and so when i started sharing it it was little things like things that went wrong didn't go according to plan and so this is what i learned from it and, um, you know, so I'm releasing that out into, uh, into your hands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you guys can also be lifted up in the process and that's pretty much how it started.
0: Yeah.
2: And, nice. um, when you're focused on others, when you're so busy being focused on others and empowering someone else, yeah, you, bec- you're, you just automatically start to build something Credible, something trustworthy, something with meaning,
1: hmm.
2: and that's, that's that's what it boils down to when it comes to storytelling.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's quite infectious as well. It's very, you know, it gets it really kind of makes you start to think, you know, especially you know, with what you're doing, you know, and you're doing something you're passionate about, something that you know makes you happy, and you're. Having that positive impact, so I think it it then makes you know when you think about it, I makes mean, you want to do that as well. You know, it makes you want to have that positive impact and to do something you know that makes you happy. And I think it's you exactly. know really really yeah. rewarding what you're doing. Um, mm.
2: Thank you, thank you, Adam. It is very rewarding. I feel very fulfilled mm. when I show up on LinkedIn or when I run sessions at my day position for our community there whatever I do I make sure that it's purpose driven I make sure it's aligned with why I wake up every day and uh, having a purpose and a why is is such a powerful powerful thing because you also have the power of no I actually say no to a lot of things because I feel like it's not aligned with my purpose and it helps me say no And I can move on uh, really easily from it because I have a conviction about who I am and why I do what I do. Mm. And I hope that other people also would be able to find that purpose for themselves. There's so many different resources out there that you can use to find your purpose. Mm. It's not a fluff word. It's not some new age fluff word, purpose you know, find your why and all of that stuff. It's actually, it's actually quite real and tangible. And it can be such a life source when you find yourself out of a job or your business has crashed, you know, your purpose is still alive and you can still keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the key reasons why I love, I I love being in the early stages of helping entrepreneurs build a purpose-driven brand through their story is because when their if their business fails or if they move on or whatever, that that brand is still going to be alive, and they can uh, start anything in the future on the back of that brand that people like, know, and trust.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, sir. And I think we, we I think we've seen that in like you know the whole pandemic situation. You know, people have started businesses. Um, people have had that time to think about you know probably people have had that time to probably discover, you know, what their why is and what their purpose is. And some people created businesses and things like that. I know a few people, um, mm-hmm. who've started, you know, their own business, you know, in that time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, finding your why is really, uh, key, you know, like in life and that, you know, your purpose and your values and just kind of going with that.
2: Yeah absolutely adam yeah
1: do you um do you have any favorite uh books that you like to read i am mean, by really did you any any come up at all?
2: oh yes um my favorite book at the moment which is kind of something i need to be more consistent with reading is this book called never split the difference it's by christopher watts He's this former FBI agent who has basically turned all his years of experience in negotiate, negotiating with mm. terrorists and oh, wow. criminals. He's turning all of that experience into how you and I can negotiate better in the workplace, in corporate environment, business environment. Mm. And it's, It boils down to human psychology and what works, what doesn't work. Um, You know, how to disarm people when they are feeling cornered and um, all of that stuff. My goodness, it's amazing. And I'm hoping to eventually have him on my show, to be honest, Mm. because he's written one heck of a book, Um, one heck of a book. And I'm only in chapter three or something but I'm hoping to finish that one um, very soon. I'm hoping to be more consistent about, because we can all use the skill of negotiation in our lives, whether it's with our spouse, hmm. whether it's with our children, whether it's with our uh, colleagues at work or negotiating for a better salary or, you know, whatever hmm. it is in life, or even for, you know, better price on a product and you bargaining you, you can it's all about
1: negotiation so um yeah that would be my favourite book right now yeah no it's awesome I definitely have to give it give it a read I, I I know you need I know I know what you mean with being consistent with reading I've got books I still need to read and get get through but no I definitely uh, mm. check it out I think you're right you know negotiation you know with other people you know as well as ourselves is pretty key isn't it um You know, yeah. And that comes down to a lot of things and a lot of ways Mm. of negotiating and things like that. Mm. Um do you um have any like role models at all? Whether that's like you know, family, like like personally or like anyone you like like look up to?
2: Yeah, I do I do have a few role models. Um you mean in the public eye or any, any, any. Um, I think there are a few uh, close friends of mine uh, who have been through hell and back with their own life experience that always teach me a thing or two. My best mate who's been through cancer and back. Mm. I think uh, she, she'd laugh right now that I'm calling her a role model, but she is. Mm. And uh, she she's an amazing strength to a lot of people. And um, I think it's when you have people around you who may not you know, have the most, may not have all the money in the world and stuff like that, but they've been through stuff. Um, They may have all the money in the world and they've still been through stuff. And I think that they would make great role models too. Um, So it's about, for me, it's about having people who can really teach me a thing or two about
1: life experience and lessons learned. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I really think that's quite powerful. And, um, it's really important, you know, to have people like that, you know, in our lives, isn't it? And people to look up to and um, take, you know, take yeah. uh, goodness from, you know.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. but um, but no, it's it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you, Natasha. It's been really, really um, great, and I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your time and for coming on the podcast. It's, um, I think, you know, really talked about some really great topics.
2: Well, thank you for having me, Adam. It's been very interesting talking to you, and I feel like we're both old souls in that sense. Um, yeah,
1: and,
2: and and that and it's two old souls that um, can really have the most meaningful conversation, and I hope that it's going to bear fruit in the lives of those that are listening in to this podcast and I, and I really wishing you all the best with your podcast as well. Um, I hope hope that it would reach as many people as possible.
1: No, thank you, Natasha. Yeah, no, I I completely, I completely agree. And I think like, you know, when you're on the same wavelength and like, you know, two old souls kind of like, you know, connect, it's quite, it's quite deep. And I think, you know, you can kind of um, go down certain, uh, you know, narratives and, Kind of really go into things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But,
1: but where, where can people find you on like social media? Like where people um, connect with you? I, I'll put your information in the bio, but where, where can people find you really?
2: Um, well, the best place to catch me is on LinkedIn, uh, Natasha Margaritas. Um, Margaritas with a M A R G A R I T I S, not A S. Because it can easily be mixed up with the Spanish spelling, uh, it's a Greek last name. So, yeah, Natasha Margaritas on uh, LinkedIn, and I'm also on Instagram with the same mm-hmm. name. So, look me up, shoot me a, a message, and I'm I'm a very friendly person. So, I love having conversation with people.
1: No, that's great. No, that's awesome. And um, it's a great surname, by the way. That's when I saw Margaritas, I was just I just thought about the uh, the dream you know, like the, uh, margarita, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know a lot of people, a lot of people mistake it for the the drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it the mark margaritas, uh, actually means black pearl. It's
1: a drink wow. name. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. But, um, but no, like, yeah, but no, I wish you all the best in what you're doing as well. And, um, yeah, you know, it's you. really great talking to you, and I think you know, I really value you know your work and what you're doing, and I think it's really positive and inspiring. And um, you know, we wish you all the best in what you're doing as well. And I'll promote, I'll promote what you're doing as well. I'll share it.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Adam.
1: No, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. But um, but now stay in touch and um, have a great evening. Where you are. Oh, thanks.
2: Yes. We're, we're, you too. And it's morning there, isn't it for you?
1: Yeah, just about. Yeah,
2: you've got a whole day ahead of you, and I'm unwinding now. Yeah. Uh, closing in on uh, eight p.m. here, so yeah, yeah. Kind of unwind, finish up a few things, and um, and then Betty buys.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, it's great talking to you. All but right. no, all you you take care.
2: Take care, Adam. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.